Hello, I'm Simon. And I'm Dan. And this is the Wikicast, a podcast where Wikipedia takes us to a random article each week and we talk about what we find. Dan, what are we talking about this week? This week, Simon, we're talking about Cook and Becker. Cook and Becker. Uh, is this an expedition of some kind? No, it's it's even better. Cook and Becker is a Dutch online art dealership specialising <laughs> in digital art, video game art and concept art. Oh, wow! Founded in 2011, the company is known for its fine art prints and art books of popular video games like Journey, Mass Effect, The Last of Us and Okami. Oh, that's amazing! Yeah, the headquarters is in Amsterdam. I can't believe we didn't, like... Go and try and check, you know, like check it out. We visited Amsterdam together last year. We, we did. Um, we did. We're big fans of video game culture and artwork generally. Mm, and we, we, we totally missed out on opportunity. What was it? It was Cook and... Cook and Becker. So there is a website. Uh, it's uh, candb.com. I'm going, I'm heading there now. And you can, so you can, you can search by um, a developer or game. So there's a Sega section, there's Bethesda, um, there's a whole section on Witcher, Destiny, Mass Effect. Um, it's just, it looks so cool. It looks so cool. Wow. I mean, this is this has got to be actually, uh, after some shambolic articles recently, uh, this is actually one of the most interesting ones, or sounding ones. How long is the article? Yeah. Uh, not not especially very long, so I can I can give you a little more information. Um, Cook and Becker was founded in two thousand and eleven um, by Martin and Ruben Brands with the intention of creating a more prominent position in the contemporary art world for the artists in the games industry that shape a big part of the contemporary visual culture. So they just basically were thinking video game artists um, and visual artists don't get enough credit for the actual quality of the work they do. Let's create a um, an art dealership for them. That's I mean that's some pretty which is amazing work. in itself. Yeah. Yeah, it has since acquired the rights to produce prints for many um, popular video games, including The Witcher, Mass Effect, Uncharted 4, A Thief's End, The Last of Us, Okami, Destiny, Bioshock Infinite, which would be amazing, Battlefield, and Dark Souls. So this isn't necessarily creating artwork, it's selling artwork. It's like a faci- it's the steam for video game artwork, basically. Yeah, it facili- yeah, it facilitates the sale of them. So they obviously they will they would work with work with artists as well i mean i would imagine that they, you know they, they've probably got they're probably decent artists themselves but they yeah they in 2011 they organized uh, its first exhibit at art.fair slash bloom a contemporary art fair in cologne germany so in 2015 cook and becker released a line of prints based on sega retro games with all new artwork by notable artists oh um, th- this is just like um my, one of my favorite youtube channels we've which i talked about several times david bull like him doing traditional prints of, of of video games but this is like this is what what media actually hang on we're getting way too for goodness sakes we're actually getting interested in an article dan this is this, know, this is not what this article's what's this about become? well i mean frankly we've also dodged no. the elephant in the room because i said we went to amsterdam last year because this is it's welcome to 2018 everyone we made it Oh my god, yeah, welcome. We survived Happy New Year. We, Happy New Year. We survived the first year of the Trump presidency. Uh and we did know, just just about. Just. Um you know, the royals are still on the throne, unfortunately. Uh they are. And unfortunately. You know, yeah. I mean, well, you know, different views. Uh Brexit is still happening, very unfortunately. Mm. And we're back, very unfortunately mm-hmm. for you, uh to, yeah. to Sorry, everyone. panda yet more mediocre content. I actually um I I was mm. filming a video yesterday because oh boy, we have a lot of updates to 
to update you guys on because it's been a while again since the last yeah. episode um but i was filming an update video yesterday about like what my plans are for this year and i was talking about sort of really mm. what i think of as very worthwhile things and making the point uh, um educational content and me educating people is basically the most valuable thing i think i can do like because trying to mm. trying to undo ignorance and trying to educate people like personally i think is the most important thing you can do in the world uh, and then there was like a slight pause and then i was like but anyway moving on to things which aren't worth anybody's time the wiki cast is coming back um this yeah. does feel yeah. this does feel like a bit of a contrast with literally everything else i try and do uh but we like titting around yeah. on on wikipedia articles basically uh we did and we took a break off from doing that for new years and for christmas uh how was your christmas dan it was it was very hot it was terribly warm um i i was in uh as as People who like the Facebook page, the Wikipedia, the, the Wikipedia, the Wikicast Facebook page. Plug, plug, plug. Um, I, uh, I, I sent a photo, kind of wish it, wish it, wishing everybody a, a merry, merry Christmas or, or a happy kind of festive season. Merry Christmas. Uh, um, and it was, yeah, it was, it was really nice. It was really, really lovely. I've, I, I needed a, I needed a break, and I needed to kind of lie on a beach and not do anything and go for a swim and just kind of cook. Um, and I did. I did just. Did that. you I also, I mean, you've, Becca? You've, you've witnessed firsthand the the, com- the comical amount that I can I can tan very easily, very quickly. Can you remember when you when I came back from Cornwall after being in Cornwall for a week? Oh my god! Yeah. And I, I was I was like, you know, just comically brown. I looked like a, a, a tea that's been left to stew too long, and then you've just put a bit of milk in. It was that color brown. <laughs> um, and it was just, yeah. So I'm enjoying that now. I, I think in the next. I would say maybe in the next three days I'm going to go through the peeling phase where I'm probably I'm going to get up, have a shower, and then just kind of wash all my skin off, and then come out just pink and oh, it, pink and raw, and be like, oh, well, that's the end of it. It doesn't happen like a reptile where like you you get up and you leave your old skin behind. Like there's just a carbon copy of yeah. Dan, um, you know, yeah. <laughs> in in your bed, and you have to like kind of get rid of them or, ha- yeah. or hang up your skin suits in some in like a skin wardrobe. Mm. Um, you know, oh, wow, and 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 from being able to talk about a nice holiday and the time that I've got, <laughs> you've managed to turn it into the creepiest thing that anyone's ever heard. Hello, thank you so much. Let's talk about my Christmas. Um, sorry, that was a persona. <laughs> that was the Christmas elf which uh, Pixel Girl and I designed uh, over, over Christmas. As the when all the other elves are busy with all the children, and they're like, "Oh, ha ha, how you doing? I'm the Christmas elf." Uh, and instead, uh, we got the Christmas elf that was the reject and hasn't been working with people for too long because the demand hasn't been there. But now it's just like, "Hello, I've got your presents." <laughs> He's. A, I'm imagining an elf that look. He looks a bit. He's, he's slightly boss-eyed. He's got a limp. <laughs> Um, he's kind of, you know, he's got that kind of one shoulder's a little higher than the other. Yeah. Um, he's been screwed over by oh, genetics, and so he's just like, yeah, you know, hope you enjoy these. I picked them out myself, oh, and uh, they're just really oh, horrible, inappropriate presents. Um, but it, not that I had horrible or inappropriate presents. I had a lovely Christmas. Uh, it was the first time I'd spent Christmas away from home. Uh, with Pixel Girl's family, mm. uh, which <clears throat> was interesting because everyone, when we told them this, was like, "Man, that's such a big deal! Wow, like that's so serious!" And, and Pixel Girl and I were just like, "Really? Like this is this is fine. This is, the guys stop making this weird." And everyone else being like, "Guys, this is really really serious." Um, but it was lovely. It mm. was <clears throat> it was lovely to spend Christmas with her family, which is a much bigger Christmas than than my family does because it's only me, my mum, my dad. Um, we're a very small nuclear family, mm. where she has you know brothers and sisters and a cousin and like I don't even know how many people around the table, but uh, for, for the meal. But more importantly, her aunt who cooked the meal used to lecture at the Cordon Bleu and was uh, a personal sh- oh, like wow. a personal chef for somebody very famous. So I probably can't say. Um, and mm. oh my god, that food was paying. 
that was it was so mm. so good i had about five courses um and uh mm. i seem to now have a reputation in their family for gluttony uh apparently mm. after the meal basically there were two options after the meal um was done either help wash up or go play with the dog and keep her occupied so i was like i'll go play with the dog because i don't mind doing that and when i was outside apparently the, my um her aunt turned to the pixel girl and was like he really liked that didn't he uh as as like i just kept eating and eating much like new year's last year um, where I, I nearly exploded. Where you nearly killed yourself. Well, I was lying on the floor yeah. with Pixel Girl stroking my belly, like telling me it was all going to be okay uh, because I ate about six or seven like normal-sized portions of curry. Um, I can put food away, ladies and gentlemen. I really can. See, was it was it that you tried to kill yourself by eating too much food or was I feeding you too much and it was murder and tried to make it look like suicide? I mean, I, I think all the, all the hints were there. Uh, I mean... It, all the evidence is there if you really look for it, guys. That's that's all we're saying. It is. Uh, I mean, I was told yeah. just to get rid of it. I was doing I was doing my job, mm. and I think Dan took that possibly a little yeah. bit too literally. Um, but maybe, you know, maybe, maybe. But also, I was I, when I was playing with the dog. You know how like uh, you might not have this because you're you're built like you know a, a bean pole, but. If when you've eaten too much, thank you, darling. Thank you so much. <laughs> when you've eaten too much, and you uh, you know, you, you just feel so big and so fat. And if anyone tries to make you run after that, like I volunteered to do with this dog, um, it, mm. I, I just felt like there was a tuba playing in the background of me, like kind of huffing and puffing, chasing after this tiny Welsh terrier with like playing in the background oh, um, i was i was yeah. not uh i am i have got to lose a lot of weight let's, let's put it like that i i i mean i really should stop viewing food as a challenge that's 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 all i can say mm. um but yeah that's basically what we've been up to uh, that's why we took a bit of a break because we've been spending time with our families yeah and uh and the christmas elf mm. and pixel girl and seeing yeah. in the new year uh do you have any new year's resolutions uh yes i'm 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 telling myself to write more things down um, normally I've been kind of going through from a kind of organisational perspective. Um, I've just been committing things to memory and just keeping kind of a calendar and everything that I'm trying to do in my head, which doesn't work. <laughs> um, it doesn't work at all. So I've now got, a, I've got a diary, a quite nice diary, and I'm keeping all of that, all of that kind of linked up. And then every evening, anything that I write down in the day, I'll then take, take half an hour to digitise and put it into my iCal. So it all kind of goes across all my devices and makes my life a little bit easier so are you are Um, you trying to take on less stuff i mean last year you were very 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 busy so are you going to keep everything going i mean i i'm keeping everything going with the exception of uh gns because gns the show show week is in uh the end of january very very early february so when that's kind of gone um it'll be it'll be kind of a, a, a big kind of weight off my shoulders i think just as far as kind of things that we're doing in the week um which will be much appreciated um, I think also it's a, it's going to be a big term anyway because we've got we've got planning for you know singers are going on tour to Italy, um, which is terribly exciting. We're going on tour to Rome, um, which is cool. So I've been kind of planning music for that and trying to find a a good unaccompanied mass setting that isn't absolutely rubbish. <laughs> uh, and I've been kind of sending sending emails left, right, and centre to musical folk that I know. And Michael's come in very handy. With uh, with some suggestions, so I think I'm quite. I found some good ones for that. So you're you're um, going to Rome, did you say? Yes, yeah. Where in Rome are you singing? Uh, I'm not sure yet. I think we've we've yet to. We've got we've reached out to a load of places and they all seem keen. I think we've got to kind of shortlist them because um, we can't do them all. Um, 
but uh, it's going to be amazing. I've never been to Rome, so I've never been to Italy. So oh wow, very, I mean, well, if you're excited. an Italian listener, if you, if you live in mm. Rome, perhaps we, we can we can try and sort that out, and you know, and you can yeah. hear Dan. Yeah, when um, when we get to when we get some dates kind of settled in, I'm sure I'll do a kind of a big a big plug uh, video. And uh, and if you're yeah, if you're about, please come along and, and see us and hear us sing and watch me wave my arms in a manner that makes me look like I know what I'm doing. Yeah, I mean, he's still working on that. Bless him. He just sort of stands yeah. around and does the making his way downtown. What? No, what was that yeah. video? You know, like the, the naked body. Um, what's oh, that yeah. called? Gone, gone um, shopping. Yeah, something like that. You're just like kind of flailing around. Yeah. Uh, Occasionally, you're like face down on the ground, and then just like all your limbs. I don't know why I'm doing the action. It's a fucking podcast, Simon. I'm, I've been sat at my desk for the past like twenty seconds, just like flailing my arms. Somehow that will help. Well, um, thanks very much. Yeah, I have a PhD. Uh, well, actually, I don't quite yet. <laughs> uh, yes, I mean, actually, that's the point. I suppose last time, last time we t- we we did a, an episode, I just handed in, and I was about to go to mm. New York, um, mm. and uh, yeah, I now that? have my Viva. My Viva is happening in just just under a month. Uh, which I'm not going to... It's almost like when people do their driving test, I'm not going to say when it is, just in case people, like, psych me out about it. It's sometime in February. I'll say that much. Um, So I'll be popping down to Exeter for that. But that's the last stage of me getting my PhD. So I can actually, when I boast uh, and do stupid things, uh, like flailing my arms in a physical manner on a podcast, uh, I can actually say I have a PhD and and mean Mm. it, which is very exciting and and quite terrifying, if I'm completely honest. Um, Amazing. It's going to be an amazing moment, though. Oh yeah, I mean the graduation is what I'm really looking forward to. Um, obviously, because by that point everything's done. I'm in this weird, almost like purgatory at the moment, where I'm half finished. Like I've still got yeah. to do the viva, which is this interesting mix of yes, you're defending your research, um, but you are also at the end of the day only going to have one conversation with your life with a person who's actually read your thesis, and that's mm. your viva. So a lot of people actually find it quite enjoyable. Um, mm. be- because you know it's it's like a it's a chance the only chance you're going to get to discuss the academic work of the past several years of your life with somebody who actually cares and has yeah. read your thesis and you know knows what they're talking about. But at it's the same all, time, it's also kind of like it's like closure, right? Yeah, it's um it's a grand send off to all the work that's been done. Um, which mm. is like I think the right way to look at it. Yes, it's there's an uh, there's an automatic comparison in my head with the Oxbridge interview. Because it's like mm. a, it's the ultimate knowledge test for your age, of you know, are you, are you smart enough to be given this accolade, basically. Yeah. Um, th- so that's like the natural comparison. Um, but you, I think you have to also view it with that element of um, this is my opportunity to shine to actually have that conversation. Um, mm. Because I do, at the end of the day, I know what I'm doing because I was able to put together a thesis that my supervisors were happy with. Uh, and they wouldn't have let me submit if they weren't. They would have asked for another extension or, or whatever. So I can take solace in the fact that I definitely, I, I, I do know what I'm talking about. I've just got to start believing. I've got to start believing in myself, uh, yeah. which is pretty much my, my never-ending problem, not having enough belief. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, you know. Well, speaking of someone who's, who lived with you for over a year, um, I, have the, I have absolute faith that you, the, it'll go very, very well indeed. Well, thank you. Thank you, mate. I mean, that's, that's your that's testimony... Means very little to me, if I'm honest. Yeah, but that's uh, right, that's you know, <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, I, I, like it'll be over soon, uh, and then I, mm. and then it will actually be done, and then I'll actually be able to concentrate on making videos and doing doing psychom uh, full time, which is now my job. Mm. I am sat in my mm. my office, which is a, a, a converted room of my parents' house. I'm here for the time being until Pixel Girl and I know where we're living. Um, oh, so premium, so premium. It's so premium that I am in yeah. an annex. 
uh, which has minimal heating, if I'm honest. Granny, uh, Granny Clark does... is there making his yeah. making his little videos on the YouTube. Oh, hello, love. Would you like to know about the planets in Star Wars? <laughs> um, that's that's going to be my voiceover voice in the future. Mm. So I'm trying to make this as sort of uh, office-y as possible. It's not quite a Casey Neistat levels yet, but I do have a shelving unit. Mm. Uh, I have a shelving unit for all of my equipment, which is very oh, cool. There's no need, to, uh, there's very no need cool. to brag, mate. That YouTube money's pretty good, but a whole shelf to yourself? Come on. Come on. I mean, to be fair, the, the shelving unit I already owned, uh, so right. I haven't actually spent <laughs> okay. any money on it. Um, I have, I did spend like a tenner on uh, color changing LED lights to go on the back of my lap, uh, my back of my computer though. Uh, nice. I mean, I was given an Amazon gift card for for Christmas, so that they also didn't cost me anything. Uh, but you know, it's 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 coming together. It's it, give me a couple more months of doing uh, of doing this full time, and hopefully, I'll actually have earned some money. Uh, mm. If you'd like, to, hopefully this video will actually already be out by the time this podcast has come out. There will be a video on my channel outlining what I am doing this year and how I'm mm. hoping to finance it, which is basically boils down to sponsored videos, YouTube putting adverts on my videos, and um, Patreon. So yeah. I'm, I'm working on that. Oh, Ashley, did you want to talk about that, Dan? Yes, yes, I did. So one of my uh, one of my kind of challenges for uh, later today, actually, is um, we're looking. We're, we're really keen. Both Sam and I have discussed, and we've had some really, really positive response from our dear readers, uh, kind of saying that they would be they would be okay with um, and happy to support a Patreon. Um, it, it's kind of initial idea would basically to be to help us cover the costs of hosting this podcast. It's not a much at all. I think it's about twelve dollars fifty. So even just if twelve of you or 24 of you gave us 50 cents we'd be we'd be set um at 25 actually if it's 12.50 come on down maths um <laughs> but uh it would just it would it would mean that as far as kind of as far as opportunities for this podcast would go um to have a, have a little bit more money to throw over it that isn't just either simon's money that's helping kind of su- support youtube on his end and my money helping me support being a student um it would mean that we could kind of have a little bit more kind of direct say over the things that we want to do on the podcast on that and i think we we agree thinking oh yeah oh sorry i was gonna say i think we agreed also that any excess well up to a certain threshold um over the the hosting costs we'd like to donate to wikipedia um because Mm. how many of us use wikipedia on a regular basis and honestly how many of you have actually donated to wikipedia so Um, we would like to do a regular donation and I, we haven't really talked about exactly how much it would be because we, what we would like to do is, yes, um, cover the cost of hosting and donate to Wikipedia, but also it would be good to have any excess from that Patreon put into a fund, which meant that we could actually travel to see each other and film additional content for Spongebob Electric, our YouTube channel. Um, yeah, so it also means it, too that when there are more opportunities, certainly in Europe, if there's, a, if there's some kind of like a pod con, I know that there's been one in America and we actually had some really nice tweets from people on Twitter asking, if there are any kind of um, Wikicast listeners that were going and wanted to kind of meet up, you know, some way mm. down the line, if we could just have a, you know, have some money to kind of offset the cost of a train, you know, the, the, and then Simon and I pay the rest ourselves, um, it means that we, you know we can we can travel and come and see you guys, which would be so much fun. Um, yeah, so I mean, we, I yeah. mean, basically, yes. We, we, this this is like we're trying to work out the exact levels but we want to support the development of this podcast at the end of the day cover its costs of of hosting Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. um and make a contribution to wikipedia but we need to work out exactly what levels those are um so that 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 is your doing in the future and you had another thing to follow up up with there i do remind me what that other thing was dear colleague of mine oh i hoped you knew because i i didn't was that was it about merch possibly 
Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so we were also talking about trying to get some uh, Wikicast uh, merchandise because we've had, again, with some of the emails, obviously we don't read out all the all the emails that we receive. We try and do the best as we can. We always read them all, but there's been a, a load of interest of people saying, um, can we get some Wikicast kind of merchandise? And that's something that Simon and I would be super keen to do. Um, we've Very, been yeah. looking at the idea of kind of T-shirts and stickers. I think we've got kind of quite a strong tea or coffee drinking following as well so maybe trying to do some kind of like mug or something would be quite cool as well um it's something that we're going to be looking looking at uh, at kind of sorting over the next month or so um but it's going to be a you know we want to we really want to kind of kick start 2018 to be a really exciting year for the podcast um and we've got big well, we've got big plans and uh, it should be good I mean, at the end of the day, up until now, this podcast has just been silly. Um, and long yes. may that continue, frankly. Mm, um, yeah. But, uh, you know, it would be good to see how far we could run with this. And I think merch is, is a next great step to getting more people listening to it. Um, because, mm. frankly, I think what we have to say is very important. Um, mm. And, you know, well, this yeah, is a likewise. podcast every week where you can learn about 30 seconds of material from Wikipedia. And then surrounding that core of useful material is a whole planet of fluff and yeah. uh, fan fiction and uh, very, very funny correspondence from our, of our readers. And we we both think it would be worth getting more people listening. And I think merch mm. is the perfect way to try and encourage more people because you'll hopefully be wearing a Wikicast t-shirt and people will say, hey, dude, if you're a dude, what's that t-shirt you're wearing? Who are those two handsome men with very pale skin? Mm. And they're like, oh, that's the logo for my favorite podcast. It's called the Wikicast. Um, yeah. Hopefully, which will also be on the t-shirt. Um, mm. So possibly the person who is talking to you can't read. Uh, in which case, a podcast is ideal for them. It's perfect. It's a win-win. It's literally a win-win situation. Uh, so uh, if you have any suggestions for what you would like to see in merch beyond, yeah, I think t-shirts, uh, stickers, possibly mugs. Um mm. I'm sorry if there was just a very loud bang. I think I just hit my microphone. But if there wasn't a loud bang, I apologise for freaking you guys out. Uh, anyway, back to um, the royal family. No, um, sorry, back oh, to uh, merch. Oh. That was it. No, yeah. we don't. No, we don't. That's that's. I mean, well, the truth is going to get out eventually. Um, mm. Yeah, back to. I merch. think also uh, on that on that on that merch note, it would be really cool. We've had some amazing. You know, we've had correspondence before of jingles being sent into us. I, we recently featured on the. Uh, Wikipedia Facebook page and uh, my personal Twitter. Um, the the podcast doesn't actually have a, a Twitter page yet. We we have been going off the Sponge Electric YouTube channel. But if you ever kind of want to kind of correspond or kind of make a mention of anything on Twitter, please use the hashtag the wiki um, hashtag Wikicast. Um, that's been kind yes. of going quite well actually. But yeah, we were sent this amazing flowchart um, of ideas. Uh, of oh yes, we were. To- yeah, trying to kind of track a tangent on on the podcast, and it's an amazing. It's actually, I think, by one of our, I think Hannah, our, our, our kind of frequent kind of fan fiction writer. Um, I believe it is. Sold yeah. my soul. I think she is on Twitter. Um, but yeah, sold my soul. Herc was on a roll. Sorry. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, but it's fantastic. But on that note, if you you know if you're a kind of budding artist or or you know graphic designer or you're something you're interested in and you wanted to put something together you never you know we're always keen to see them and feature them if we really love them so much it would be amazing to kind of to work that into the merchandise somewhere you know to 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 feature your art on our stickers or on a mug or even you know down the line maybe a t-shirt or something um what dan is saying is guys... do our work for us we don't want to have to design this <laughs> shit. do our work for us what I'm, no, what that is I'm not what we're saying at is all. It would be amazing. You guys support us, and I think it would only be fair if we have an opportunity to support kind of up and coming artists as well. It would be amazing for us to do the same and return the favor. Um, Absolutely, yeah. So uh, yeah, that's food for thought. Have a think about it. You've got a whole year to give it a think. It's only the you know 
it's January 2018. We've got oh, I've dated it. Oh no. So that's uh, but that's that's un- completely unsolicited. That is the Wikicast news resolutions, basically. Yes. Um, I think possibly we should return. However, cause is that all the updates we need to give people? I'm now working out of a granny annex, and I'm now granny bacon, and you are brown and leaving your skins in a wardrobe. Um, yes. I think as per, so it's just kind of usual stuff for us really isn't it I think that's everything we needed to cover <laughs> yeah I think yeah. so um, and now what we were going to have to return to the last thing that was important that we were talking about which was um, uh, uh, Cook and Becker Cook, Cook and Becker and Becker Yes. Kuchenbecker. That sounds like a German word. Okay. Kuchenbecker. Um, yeah. Drumpf up in here. Wow, that's that's a reference. If you guys if yeah. you guys get that one. Incidentally, hashtag Neon Musk. Um, yeah. Oh God, I'm so sorry, if, Hannah. If you if you're going to try and do a, a flow chart of this podcast episode, this yeah. is a try your best. Try your best. Uh, back, so back to Kuchenbecker. Um, mm. Can you give me a little bit more information? Because this sounds amazing. Or could you yeah. describe some artwork, possibly? Yeah, so I'm 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 just kind of going. I'm just kind of perusing the website at the moment. Uh, I'm a I'm pretty keen on Bethesda as games, so I'm seeing what they're kind of featuring. Um, so this is Fallout. This is Skyrim. Yeah. So uh, there's one here that is titled uh, Realm of Dragonborn, uh, and there's a it's the description for this this piece here is you can you can choose a unframed canvas uh paper radiant white um you can get it framed you can get it printed on metal realm of dragonborn is an official concept artwork used by bethesda game studios for elder scrolls skyrim uh five skyrim the limited edition certified um art geekley print is part of the official elder scrolls five skyrim oh, fine art collection i know what that i know that word yeah that's geekley yeah i've yeah well, there we go. At least one of us knows it. Um, there's, there's, there's so yeah. Honestly, I'm kind of a, I'm a little bit alarmed that we've discovered this. Uh, we've discovered this this website because well, there is some really cool stuff. Um, could you possibly Fallout- make full? Could you possibly make full use of this audio format and um, give some criticism and describe um, one of this this piece of artwork, please? Yeah, of course. So you see in the top left of the painting. Uh huh. Yeah, um, there's there's kind of like uh, there's a thing there. Do you see it? Uh, yes, readers. I hope you because you're actually readers. You're seeing as much of this painting uh, as I am yeah. right now. I yeah. actually have a blank screen. Um, but yeah, yes, I can see that thing. Yeah, yeah, that thing there. Not a fan. Ah, uh, that's. I mean, top left. It's it's an okay positioning mm. for things, but I would have gone. Yeah. I would have gone something a little bit more central. Yeah. No. Likewise. Likewise. No. On a serious note, guys. Um. The the the. Uh, the painting's incredible. So the one I'm looking at currently is it's this this vast landscape, this vast kind of uh, Skyrim landscape. We've got uh, our main character, uh, our, our dragonborn hero, is kind of uh, on the right side of the page. Yeah, exactly. Fosroda. <laughs> um, he's on the kind of the right hand the right hand side of the of the kind of on the picture, looking across this vast, really incredibly detailed landscape, looking down into what I think it would be. Is it white? Not white hall. White. What's the main? What's the first village you encounter? River something? River Run? No, River that's the game of I'll, that's, be, I'll, yeah. be, I'll be honest. I haven't actually ever completed Skyrim. Um, it's not a game I've ever particularly got into, and I feel ashamed for this. It's Riverwood. Riverwood. That's Riverwood. It. That's it. I remember that. I haven't. I haven't completed the game, but I played a heck of a lot of it. Um, it was. Uh, it's excellent. But yeah, it's there's so much. I'm, I was just looking actually. There's some. There's a load of really cool Fallout Four stuff, um, which mm-hmm. looks amazing as in like like some kind of period 
adverts for like um, imagine like a retro Coca-Cola poster, but it's done. It's done. Oh yeah, Nuka-Cola. New Coca-Cola. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. really, it's really cool. There's a lot of stuff here that you'd be really into. I think. Um, um, I'll be honest. I was very tempted to get um, Fallout Four now that I have a bit more time um, on my mm. hands. Like I'm, I'm determined to not work in the evenings, like past not eight or nine. So yeah, I was very tempted to get Fallout. It's a good game. It's a good game. I mean, I have also been playing a lot of Kingdoms and Castles recently, which has been delightful. To quote Ainsley Harriet, um, really, oh, really lovely. Is game. that the one that? The one that we saw was it um Sips did a playthrough of. Yeah, Sips did a playthrough and it's so sweet. It's just and they've done an update um since so now they've like tweaked a few things and they've added um like aqueducts and um ooh, can't remember the names of them now. Like the basically like water wheels that draw water up. Um and then you can put stuff into a reservoir so you can irrigate the land. Um okay. and it's just been optimized still, a little bit. I still haven't bought this. Um I, I remember seeing you kind of play some. But I, I haven't done it yet. I think I might, I might have to get it. Um, yeah, do honestly. Amazing. I mean, they're they're adding an update soon with merchants and like a port district. Um, for those amazing. of you who don't know this game, it's basically like an, a very lightweight city builder um, set in medieval period. With um, sometimes your your burgeoning city is attacked by dragons or by Vikings, and you have to build defenses against them. Um, but mostly, it's like a city builder where you have to build farms and uh, build the infrastructure so for example to get wood and to get stone and stuff like that really cool game hmm. um but uh, it's also Fallout for 4, listeners if you're if you're a, if you're a committed uh, apple user uh, it's mac compatible it runs on ios uh, runs on os sorry thank you for that apple employee of the month uh, for this podcast that's all right no worries uh, that's fine but uh, yeah and fallout 4 is a um hobo uh what's what hobo murderer simulator where you you act, mm-hmm. you act as somebody who doesn't actually have anywhere to sleep and just murders people I wonder. Oh, now that would be cool. I wonder if Cook and Becker would do some Kingdoms and Castles um, artwork. What for the wiki cast? No, no, no. But as, as in, they tried to do so. Not only just kind of like they changed the art style such that they they made it look slight, like like they did it almost like in a photorealistic style. Oh, that'd be for cool. those who, for those who aren't looking at Kingdom of Castles. What we haven't we've omitted to mention is it's um it's kind of it's a pixel art esque kind of play-doh kind of as well a hard, like a hard-edged play-doh kind of a vibe um yeah the, the people are like little um cuboids um like yeah, it's deliberately it's simplistic really, it looks adorable yeah it's really cute um but yeah go yeah, check it out it's currently um it's currently 25 percent off on steam five pounds oh yeah, it's only a fiver. That's that's ridiculous. Um, yeah, I don't think there's multiplayer, but I was tempted to ask you actually about this because I want to start putting more content on Spongy and Electric, and I think it would be mm. great to do a gaming series. Like we do have Kerbal Space Program, and that is genuinely on my list of things to do now is to get that out on Spongy and Electric. But it would be cool to just to do a simple chill playthrough where we get we kind of RP a game. And, um, well, I think you know, that's get... what you know. I don't know if you cast your mind back to where in our Freddie Farkas Frontier Pharmacist, the, the first time we. Oh well, that would be. I mean, that would be a good one. Um, I was thinking <laughs> of um, when we did. We we just then we didn't record this. This was just for our own benefit. We um, would play on an evening, uh, Magicka Two. Yeah, that was fun. Can you remember how fun that was? It was amazing. It was you know because we had that. Oh, it was great. I do remember um, readers. I I must. Uh, tell a story here story time with Dan um, <laughs> I think I know what that is <laughs> yeah yeah um, we were we were playing through the game and I would say we were about maybe 
an eighth of the way in. We didn't get we we weren't too far, but we were we were far enough where we kind of we understood the kind of main mechanics of the game. We were getting slightly better of it, and by that I mean we'd we'd come to a boss fight and we'd only die twenty four times instead of twenty five. Um, but yeah. we were running across this beach, um, running across, and I was trying to you know I was. I was kind of RPing a bit. Simon's powering ahead, running to the kind of the, the far right of the screen to something that's kind of, you know, which will kind of load in the next world, if you like. And I'm kind of hanging back, looking, and Simon momentarily, just as the game tries to load, disappears off my screen and Simon goes quiet. I'd say maybe two seconds pass, and then what I, what I can only describe as a blood-curdling war cry <laughs> comes down the microphone and it's Simon being chased by this colossal crab. Now if you don't know Simon, you're not a fan of crabs, are you mate? I really don't like marine crustaceans, all right? Just just I'm not a fan. Anyway, this colo- this this colossal crab is chasing like Simon. Like the size of screen. a house, guys. Let's I, th- let's just emphasize the size of this thing. I was crying. I think it was an instant death for me because I couldn't type on the keyboard or use my mouse. I was just I was <laughs> just you know it was hilarious but yeah that was so much fun i think yeah as you say a, a kind of a simple um rpg game multiplayer that that we could do would be a heck of a lot of fun if there's any suggestions on that um if any of our readers have a good idea what we could play um let us on a postcard yeah um, or just absolutely. email us I mean, at spongyelectric at gmail.com basically it'd be nice to get a series out on sponge and electric uh, on a regular basis that isn't too much editing work it's just you know we, we play for a couple of hours and then that's us recorded for a couple of weeks you know and we release two yeah. or three episodes a week it's just us pissing around i think i think magic would, be it would a also we it would also be a nice I'd, I'd like to play an actual game and not and not kerbal space program because that causes me so much pain <laughs> I think I, cannot, I think based I on cannot stand it. Based on the re, uh, the outcome of the next videos which will go out and I promise I will try and get these out soon. Um I think people will only want to see more uh, honestly. Mm. <laughs> uh although I do I apologize you you might not remember and I and the viewers haven't the readers haven't seen this yet but uh I do apologize for my accidental button press. That's all I'm going to say uh, uh because yeah Jesus yeah. <laughs> oh my god, what a what a stressful night that was. That was so stressful. But yes, yeah. I mean, if you have suggestions for what you'd like to see us play, I, I mean, I'd be up for doing a city builder, maybe kingdoms and castles or pharaoh, something really retro. Mm. Um, I do. But yeah, let us know. You can get. I think we. I think um, lovers in a dangerous space time might be on. Um, PC and Mac. Oh, so you can do um, non-local multiplayer because that was the big problem th- before was that you couldn't. Oh no, that yeah, of course. No, that was the one thing. It doesn't feature that. It's not online yet. Um, I mean, the other thing is um, when the when the mod comes out for Skyrim, you could you, you should be able to do multiplayer Skyrim sometime soon. Like co-op. that would be that would be amazing. Amazing. So yes, um, do email into spongyelectricgmail.com if you'd like to um, see any of this. Mm. Um, but um, sorry, we got distracted yet again. Um, mm. Much, much like uh, well, actually no, I'm not even going to say a name. Um, so we we were talking about uh, Kuchenbecker, and mm. uh, we were looking at the the artwork for Bethesda. And is there anything else you yes. could tell me about this company? What what else is there interesting? This is the this is their first paragraph in their kind of a description of what they do um, about Kuchenbecker. We want to inspire art and design collectors with next gen digital art, concept art, and video game art that's truly contemporary. Art from artists, designers, and studios that are leading in shaping our time and culture and that work in new disciplines such as video games, 3D, digital photography, and digital illustration. So it's, you know, obviously it's a company and, as you know, if it's a company, it's kind of, it's it's got an aim to 
be fiscally viable. So they're wanting to make some money out of this. But equally, it sounds like it's coming from a really holistic um, place. They really, you know, there's mm. such a focus on wanting to do, on to kind of promote. Um, yeah, digital tools are now used in almost all forms of art. We want to improve the presentation and reproduction of digitally made art and bring it to a higher level. We therefore work closely with art artists and studios to produce their original art in a museum museum grade levels, so we can offer enthusiasts and collectors of digital art, concept art, and video game art objects that last a lifetime and retain their value. Well, I, I reckon I we, we need to give these guys honorary top lad status. I think if we I ever think visit them, we need them, to contact them and and get a get a hashtag spawn. That's what we need. Oh, I'd be so up for a hashtag. Now, can spawn. you imagine how cool that would be? I'd love a, I'd love a ha- cheeky hashtag spawn. Cheeky hashtag spawn. I would love that. Come spawn. Yeah. Well, I mean, we do actually have some feedback on our um, our burgeoning feudal system um, mm. suggestions. Uh, you know, for for titles which we introduced, I think, the last episode. Um, we will mm. get to that in correspondence corner. Actually, you know what? I, I think perhaps we have lingered too long in our initial. We don't actually have a name for the, our initial corner, do we? We have like the no. atrium of the podcast. Um, mm. I think perhaps we should take a quick, a quick, a quick, a quick treat. Take a quick look around the corner. I found you a sneaker. <laughs> I found you a sneaker. sneaker Amazing. Amazing. Um, let's take a quick peek in, um, in Critique's corner. I think there is only, there's only one thing we can talk about, isn't there? Is this the latest Star Wars? I think it's the most recent installation of the Star War franchise, yes. I mean, we have been asked this, I think it's by James Mumford. Um, actually, but, but, but tell you what, so but let's, we will get onto the Star War and our thoughts on it, because I think we differ slightly. Um, mm. uh, is there anything else you've been watching of note? Uh, I watched Bright yesterday night. La- now, what, what did you think most of Most humans say, last night, Dan, what was that? Yesterday <laughs> night. What <laughs> idiot. <laughs> well, yesterday night, fellow human, yeah. I <laughs> yeah, I am also human, and yes, I, I took watched, information uh, I in my ocular cavities, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I really uh, liked it. That's the thing; audiences seem to really like Bright, but the critics seem to yeah. hate it. Oh, it's just, yeah. I mean, I think it's it was a weird from a narrative point of view. It was it was half baked. It would have worked much better as a. Some as in, kind of in an episodic structure, um, it, right. it tried to touch on too many things to be uh, kind of you know because it's like a feature length film you know um, it needed to be longer for it to really kind of to delve into that um, into that kind of universe. Uh, I thought it was really good. I thought the performances were great. I thought as a concept, it hasn't really been done before. It's it's sort of modern day fantasy, basically, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. But really, but with with really thought through lore. That's what I like about it. It's really believable. Um, I think they'd, they'd be foolish not to do a second one, and I think they definitely will do. They'll be. They'll be. I think. This. I think they just announced today. Um, I'm pretty sure I saw a headline that they've just announced they're going to do a sequel um, because okay. they've like 11 go. million people have watched it or something crazy. Yeah, it's it was superb. Um, as I, I can't remember. Did we? We have done an episode since I've come back from New York, haven't we? I think so. Okay, because I, I, if I didn't talk about it last time, I watched Beetlejuice for the first time and I loved it. Um, mm. 
I can't remember if we already talked about this. Sorry, readers. We, we sh- it's our podcast. We should know this better. Um, mm. uh, what else? I haven't watched that much new for the first time. I watched. I mean, I watched what quite I have been watching on the, on the plane. What did you watch on the plane? Too? Was that Beetlejuice on the plane? I watched Beetlejuice. I watched The Dark Tower, and I watched a documentary about Spielberg. I watched The Dark Tower on the way to the Maldives. I watched fifteen minutes of it and turned it off. Um, it's uh, it's not great, is it? <laughs> it's absolutely rubbish. I also watched it. The Stephen King The adaptation. new one. Yeah, and that's also crap. Um, oh, really? I, yeah, really disappointed in that. I watched Despicable Me 3. That's hilarious. Big fan. Big fan there. Not not as good as the previous previous um, Despicable Me films, but still very, very funny. Um, okay. I watched something else, too, that was... Oh, Churchill. Uh, this is the one with Brian Cox. Yes. Not yes. the it's amazing Brian Cox, but the I played Menelaus in Troy. But did he play Menelaus? I'm gonna have to look that up now. Um, yeah, not not the northern one. No, um, it was the one starring. Um, oh god, idiot! Oh, he was Agamemnon. Sorry, I was ty- I just typed in Churchill to try and get the film, and I'm just on the Wikipedia page for Winston Churchill. Yeah, that's not going to help you there, man. <laughs> that's not that's not the film. No, it was it's it was star yeah uh, yeah Brian Cox. Um, yes, it was. Um, uh, he played Agamemnon in in uh, Troy. I was thinking of Brendan Gleeson who played Menelaus. Troy Troy was a bunch of wank, wasn't it? <laughs> mm. Hang on, now I'm confused. Did I watch this one? What was the one that um, Gary Oldman? I don't know if that's out yet. I'm really confused now. I don't know which one I've watched. Uh, are there any other films which star Winston Churchill? Seems unlikely. Oh, wait, no. That seems very likely. I've definitely seen... Okay, so the one I watched on the plane mm-hmm. was definitely Brian Cox, but now I'm really confused. Oh, I think the one that Thingy was in was Darkest Hour. Right. That was when... Oh, so I haven't seen that. Okay, no. So I've seen... Yeah, I was right. I've seen Churchill. I haven't seen Darkest Hour. Darkest Hour is starring um, Gary Oldman. Uh, yeah, Churchill, which is the one I saw, was uh, starring Brian Cox. Very okay. good. I'm glad we cleared um, that it was up. Good to- Readers, I hope you're as relieved as I am. Yeah, God, I was. I was having a bit. Of, I thought I was having a stroke. Then I was a bit lost. <laughs> I was like, Oh God, what's oh, you filthy bugger! Um, sorry, <laughs> sorry, God's sake. <laughs> We haven't had an exasperated sigh from me yet today. Well done. You're doing Yeah, we, well. we did have we, we did have Dan's forehead on Twitter who sent us a list of things that happen in every um Wikicast episode. And I'm pretty sure Dan exasperatedly sighing at Simon is 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 on that list. Yeah, but about Churchill, it's it was good performances, um didn't really warrant the film was odd. It was all you know, the film is based around um oh, what was the name of the uh, Winston Churchill. D-Day landings. Operation, Operation. what's it called? Overlord. Yeah, that's the one. Um, yeah, it's basically all about that, which I'm not sure warranted an entire film because it kind of, it, especially to call it Churchill, I was expecting a, a almost like a biopic uh, and you, you you know, it focus on, focuses on, yeah, exhausted by years of war, Winston Churchill awaits the 1944 Normandy landings, which he believes will be a disaster. Well, I mean, the thing is, though, biopics are often defined by, like, one particular event, right? Like, Hang on, it, we're not like... bruising out. You know what you did. You know what you did there. <laughs> don't, be a, don't, be a, don't be a dick. Say it properly, <laughs> or don't say it at all. Uh, a film about somebody's life sometimes focuses that's better. on, uh, you know, on one defining event. I mean, that's, I don't think that's mm. too unreasonable. 
No, but not when not if you. I'm not sure. I'm not sold on that. I think that uh, that's. Okay. I don't agree. Um, but I mean, I I haven't actually seen as many films as you then because you've been flying more than me. Um, it sounds mm. like, um, and I have yeah. been watching a lot of the Oxcast, uh, the the Jingle Jam, uh, which has mm-hmm. raised over five million dollars. It's been unbelievable this year. Um, yeah, and for those of you work. who incredible missed work. it, you can watch all of it for free on um, their mm-hmm. Yogscast live channel. Uh, and I highly, yes. highly recommend it. In particular, the Hat Films music stream. Although they did mm. a, um, a highlights on their channel. And yeah, Mwah. great, great yeah. work. I also, I watched the entirety of the poker stream, Poker Night, which was amazing. Oh, the poker ones are always so good. <laughs> Perian Flax, um, I absolutely, you need, to, you need to stream poker more. Incredible yeah, stuff. Absolutely. But I think really, uh, to touch on what James... Oh my goodness. Oh wow. Uh, I've So I just clicked, I, I jumped ahead to Correspondence Corner briefly uh, to, to see what James Mumford um, has sent us because he just said on the latest Star War and I thought, oh, maybe he's just asked us quickly and we could use this as a jumping off point. Good God, James, mm. you have a lot of feelings about Star Wars. This email is long as fuck. Um, I haven't seen this yet. Oh my good Lord. Uh wow okay well tell you what um shall we we've actually teased this too much we've the the, the uh <laughs> we've teased it so much that uh correspondence corner is leaking now so uh, I mm. think possibly we should go back uh, and jump properly into the the possibly best corner of this podcast which is the one that's mm. not written by us let's go to correspondence corner so we're going to launch into James's email uh, he says on the latest Star War. Daniel, Simon, how goes it, etc. This is my second time writing in. I spent far too long fretting over my first email, worrying I didn't sound nearly intellectual enough. This time, I can assure you, I've run out of f**ks to give. Star Wars... Hang on, can I, can I stop you for dream- a second then? Yeah. Can I stop you for a second then? Uh, worrying I didn't sound nearly intellectual enough. Footnote number one. Um, there are footnotes. <laughs> this is how long this email is. There are footnotes. Uh, that footnote... So if, if you read the text, I will read out the footnotes as they come. Um, I will say, though, if the footnotes, if the footnotes were MLA cited in cor- correct formatting, I would have been more impressed. But this is good. Ah. Go on, continue. It, it's closer. Um, so footnote number one. Very thankful to have featured in Correspondence Corner, by the way. Not ashamed to admit, I freaked the f*** out upon hearing my name in episode 16. Much obliged. Back to you, Dan. Thanks very much. I've run out of f**ks to give. Star Wars The Last Jedi has drained me of my f**ks. I gave them all. <laughs> With any luck, I'll catch you before you record the next episode and have inevitably refeatured the latest war in Critics' Corner. Because, you see, not only did I stand outside in the freezing cold for three hours at the premiere... Footnote number two. Daniel, guess whom I saw at the premiere? Is that the correct use of the word whom? I don't think that uh, is. I, think I don't That should think be who. So. Yeah. Uh, none other than Miss Dodie with a lowercase d. I bumped into Sammy Paul, chatted with him while he read for Dodie, and boom, there she was. Oh my god! Back to you, Dan. Just please try and contain that. I'm gonna have to. Right, we're gonna have to take. I'll be back in about ten minutes, so I'm gonna have to lie down. Oh, for goodness sake! I'll get the tissues. Okay, right. Whoa, whoa! <laughs> uh, freezing cold for three hours at the premiere. Uh, peering over a bastardly tall fence just to catch a glimpse of Mark Hamill's foxy silver locks between the shoulders of um, countably infinite press photographers, Um, I actually went to a midnight screening in Piccadilly on the 14th. There, I was quite literally surrounded by enthusiasts in cloaks, lightsabers hilted at their belts, and people with dimmed laptops no doubt getting the scoop and composing reviews for their small-time blogs. This was the first time we, the non-press, non-celebrity folk, were getting to see the masterpiece we had been hearing about since the first press screening two days prior. 
And no. it's got to be said, Don't... everyone has been, everyone in the run up to this film coming out was raving about how great it was. And like the Rotten mm. Tomato score was through the roof and it was, yeah, being heralded as the next Empire Strikes Back and everything. Um, mm. Hmm. That's all I'll say about that. Okay. He's, he, he goes on. Now, don't get me wrong. Since then, I've read and watched numerous reviews of the film as they've trickled through, one of which being that written by your friend, Hugo Simon, as shared via your Twitter. An excellent film critic. Another particularly poignant review I'd care to source is a YouTube video by the user, weirdly, my name is Simon. Oh. I feel he also gives a good account of many of the feelings I've seen circulating. I'd also recommend... Oh, sorry. Sorry to butt in again. I would, uh, I would recommend highly the Red Letter Media review, which I think really hits the nail on the head, as they are so often do, but I think they really get it right on this yeah. one. But sorry, I'll stop interrupting. Yeah, I agree. I too could probably articulate my emotions regarding the film and its shortcomings into a coherent, somewhat gripping review. I could bother to at least attempt my uh, to remain impartial or perhaps avoid insulting the work of the director, producers, etc. But frankly, I feel I could surmise my feelings far more efficiently like so. Here, at 2.41am, as I sit alone in my bed, seven cups of tea into the night. Excellent work there. Very good. Um, I've concluded that The Last Jedi is basically just a massive... Fuck you to real Star Wars fans. Fuck you in bold. Oh, Force Awakens a tattoo new hopey for you? Here, have an entirely twisted narrative structure. L- literally half of which is boring and inconsequential <laughs> to the progression of the plot. <laughs> Fuck you. Oh, sorry. Did you want to know more about these potentially interesting characters introduced in this trilogy? Snoke? Captain Phasma? Here's a combined screen time about six minutes concluding in both of their meaningless deaths. Fuck you. And what's that? You wanted an epic training sequence with Luke and Rey, building on the pre- um, the precedent set by Empire with Luke and Yoda almost four decades ago. Well, she fights a boulder with her staff and then her saber. Luke spouts cliches about the Force. <laughs> Fuck you. Speaking of which, you thought you understood how the Force worked. Here's Leia using it to pull herself through the vacuum of space back to her ship. Superman Leia! Wanted a Star Wars film you could lose yourself... Yeah, <laughs> so stupid. Wanted a Star Wars film you could lose yourself in for two hours? Too bad. Here's every character dropping unnecessarily unfunny one-liners every other scene, constantly drawing attention back to the fact that this is a Star Wars film and that it's completely <laughs> fucking trash. Fuck you. Hey, by the way, all the hardcore Redditors and theorists who have spent months hypothesising about Rey and or Kylo potentially becoming Grey Jedi, finally acknowledging the complications of binary light and dark perspective of the Force, you know, actually exploring their inner conflict as opposed to just allu- um, alluding to it? Yeah, Ren momentarily has a little flash of light, just enough to kill Snoke and have a novel fight scene with Rey, but then just proceeds to fill the bad guy role as if nothing ever fucking happened. Fuck you. I could go on, you know I could. There's Force Ghosts, gimmicky Yoda cameos. Footnote number three, one of the more redeeming features of the film, I must say, was the decision to use Yoda's Empire look over that of the prequels. Appreciated that. Finn's horrific uh, uh, underoos outside of a pointless and degrading romantic plot. <laughs> sorry, with new- hang on, sorry, just to stop you. You definitely said Finn's horrific underoos, like his underpants. Uh, I did. <laughs> you, would you like to do that again, Dan? <laughs> Oh, I think we should keep. No, I think we'll keep it in. All right, Finn's horrific underoos. Fuck it, it's in the review now. <laughs> Finn's horrific underoos, outside of a pointless and degrading romantic plot with new, undeveloped and shoehorned character, etc. Footnote number four. Just to note here, it's as good as place to any. I'm doing it now. Just to note here, it's as good a place as any that I would happily see the film again, just for the light speed jump of the rebel cruiser through Snoke's ship. The silence worked magnificently. Movie magic. I totally agree. God, that actually felt good to get out. I needed that. 
I'm sorry I just took this opportunity to vent. You don't have to read this mess out in Critics Correspondence Corner if it truly does read as awfully as I fear it might. Too late, mate. Honestly, <laughs> this is more for my benefit, more than either of yours or any other readers. That being said, if you do end up reading this and agree with anything I've said or I've missed any glaring flaw, feel free to drop me an email back. Wow, this was long, lol. Good luck. It's now 3.04. I wonder if I can add footnotes to an email. I'll figure out how. You did. There will be footnotes. May the force be with J.J. Abrams in his attempts to salvage this trilogy with the third movie. Yours defeatedly, James Mumford. Wow. Wow. James, top lad. Archbishop of Banterbury here. Top lad. I mean, I this is in, this is interesting. So, Simon, thoughts? Uh, uh, the royal family kill Princess Diana. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Oh, no, the, did you mean about, about the film? Last Jedi? about the film? Ah. Uh, yes, please. I completely agree. I think with everything he said, um, I, I have, I, I'm really struggling to really get my opinion of the Last Jedi down. Because at the end of the day, mm. when I went to see the film, I enjoyed it. I will fully be first mm. to admit that I, I did enjoy seeing the film. We actually went to the same screening. We came out afterwards, and it was like, yeah, you know, I enjoyed myself, but loads mm. of problems. And it's it's not the prequels. And I think a lot of online discussion is suffering by people saying either gratuitously comparing it to the prequels, which is just wrong, mm-hmm. or people um, defending it by saying, well, it's not as bad as the prequels. Um, but the prequels, you know, let's just view this movie in a vacuum, um, much like Leia was when she used the Force. Um, mm. I, I think, you know, as a film in its own right, I don't think it's a good film. And I think there are a lot of the reasons that James has stated, like the fact that there's inconsequential plot uh, lines to it, um, uh, new characters being shoehorned in uh, and then uh, cast aside. Uh, he hasn't talked about the um, very schmaltzy, um, no, not schmaltzy is not the word, a schlocky, sorry, um, way that some of the plot points are, like Rose, for example, like kissing um, Finn and then just like passing out. Um and you know, like basically everything that BB-8 does, um, mm. I, I think there are the the one-liners, like starting from the very beginning with uh, Poe Dameron talking to Hux on the ship. I immediately was like, mm. wait, this this doesn't feel right. Like something's not quite right here. Yeah. It's trying. I think the problem a lot of that was it was. Are you saying? Did you saying from the very beginning you thought you had a bad feeling about this? Yeah, funnily enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I did have a bad feeling about this because that was. So the film trying to be marvelly, you know, that was that was Poe trying mm-hmm. to be Iron Man. Um, well, rather, that yeah. was the screenwriters trying to make him Iron Man. Um, and you know, the point about trying to draw attention to the fact that this is a Star Wars film. Yes, The Force Awakens did do that um, by doing things like the Blue Milk. Um, oh God, that the yeah, Luke. Oh yeah, I don't want to know about what Luke's been up to for the past thirty years. I want to see where he gets the blue titty milk from. That's what I really want to see yeah. from a Star Wars film. Um, yeah. Like, you know, the, the Force Awakens did have these illusions back, but I think that it did it in the right way. Yes, a major criticism of that film is that it is A New Hope 2 Electric Boogaloo. It's exactly the same plot lines. I, I You know, I get that, mm-hmm. and I can completely understand why Ryan Johnson wanted to do something new. I really... I, mm-hmm. I, 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 I can really respect him for trying to do something new, because not only in terms of the story, but also visually, he was trying to make Star Wars films go beyond what they have always been. They've always been a relatively limited cinematic palette. Yeah, he was bringing them into the 21st century. Yeah, in, in terms of, you know, introducing these extreme close-ups, people's eyes opening, um, like Rose's sister at the very beginning. Um, I think uh, mm-hmm. Ray has some. Yeah, just asymmetric asymmetric framing, um, varying yeah. depths of field within a single shot. Like, it's, And I, I, I think you know, some I, of it was very effective. Those things like, are good. 
yeah, yeah. like I, I liked the way um the um Admiral Laura Dern punched the ship through Snoke's ship. And I love the design of Snoke's ship. That was I am- thought, that was amazing. I love that moment. Although there was that that cut to silence and one person in our cinema was like huh. Like they see, they thought there was meant to be sound, um, and also um, yeah. well, possibly my favourite sequence in the film was Ray in the cave with the reflections. Mm. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, um, yeah, and so I can respect Ryan Johnson for trying to do something new, but I feel like not so much in the way in which it was done. I think if the film, if the plot was better and the script was better, I wouldn't have had such a problem with it. Um, uh, yeah, you know, like I, I like the filmmaking. I just thought that the plot was. Uh, and the characters in particular were um, either inconsequential, weak, or just underdeveloped. I think Ren, uh, uh, Adam mm. Driver, fucking knocks it out of the park in this film. I thought he was fantastic yeah, he really in does. every he really single does. scene. And Daisy Ridley kind of did, but she wasn't really given it enough to do. Um, like her, Luke, no. and and Ren were definitely the most interesting part of this film because it wasn't the slowest yeah. chase scene in cinematic history, um, which was the equivalent mm. of like Abe Grandpa Simpson chasing after the tortoise that's stolen his teeth. Um, and it wasn't uh, Rose and Finn go on a pointless journey to a Star Wars prequel planet um, to you know rescue the animals and set them free. Um, much as that's a great thing yeah. to do, um, like there was just yeah to shoehorn uh, to shoehorn in a really general kind of moral lesson that is not needed because you know, yeah there's been you know this is the eighth film in a franchise we've understood how much mo- kind of a moral compass sways these films there's no need to kind of serve it to us but i do post. feel like the moral compass aspects of it was the, the most in, the most underused thing they could have gone for um you know uh gray jedi they could have gone for and there's no more like there's no more dark as is the theme of the film like trying to kill the past let it let it kill it if you let the past die kill it if you have to um, you know, mm. there's no more light and dark. There's now a grey order. And if they'd ended that um, the confrontation with Ray and Snoke and um, Ren in that way, possibly mm. Snoke could still die, although he's still completely underused, like hilariously underused. Mm. Ca- Captain Phasma is obviously going to come back. Like, there's no way they're just yeah. going to kill her off. Um, but if they were to, you know, combine. Uh, Ray and Ren into a new grey order to match the fact that there are morally grey people in the universe like Benicio Del Toro's arms dealer maybe that plotline could have suddenly become relevant you know to the theme thematically relevant to the film but as it was it was just completely underused um, mm. and you know like I think that's possibly my major criticism of the film I do think that they didn't int- need to introduce Laura Dern's character um, I know there are reasons why they didn't use Admiral Akbar. Um, to crash into the ship one because I know the actor sadly died but also they possibly didn't want somebody called Akbar doing a suicide run into a, a basically a space building um, yeah. like that might have not tested very well um, but like it, it no. was completely unnecessary to, to put her in I don't care about the fact that she has pink hair and that a lot of people are saying oh it's the feminazis it's some social justice warrior new character that's been introduced no that doesn't matter like the color of her hair mm. and and her appearance doesn't matter to her character um which i suppose you could argue is a flaw in her character in the first place then it means that she's poorly written but like the fact that we just don't know anything about her we're not given any reason to care about her sacrifice and she does things for nonsensical reasons like not telling poe what her plans are um for no reason there's no yeah. i mean even if like she were to say i'm operating on a um, uh, need to know basis there is an agent on this ship make the plot that there's an agent on the ship like make do something interesting oh sorry what are your thoughts dan i similar similarly to you i i watched it really enjoyed it 
it was just I think it, it it kind of did a lot of the things for me that Force Awakens didn't do. I wanted some kind of real kind of excitement, and I wanted stuff to happen. And you couldn't, I can't, you, you know, you can't get over from the fact that Force Awakens, basically, I think the, you know, Red Letter Media said it really well, Force Awakens didn't do enough and Last Jedi did too much. You know, it's it's going to be really tough now for J.J. Abrams to try and salvage this, um, yeah. try and salvage it in, the, uh, in episode nine. Um, I have absolute faith that he can, you know, um, but it's just, it's just such... I, I've only seen it once. How many times have you seen it? Only the once. I'm going to go see it with mum sometime soon. Yeah, I think I really, I really want to see it again. Um, I know that Ed uh, actually hasn't seen it, so um, I might. He not, still hasn't might, seen it. Him. No. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I, I think I do need to see it again to, to, to get away from. It's, it's hard to properly kind of talk eloquently and kind of delve into a film on a first viewing because you're, you, you're not going to get away from that. You know, like the, just the excitement of seeing the next Star Wars film. As soon as the opening fanfare struck up, I was like. Like quivering in my seat um it was you know really exciting but yeah it's just it was it tried it, it tried to be different and it just pushed it a little too far i mean you do seem to have mellowed yeah yeah i th- well we both came out and we had very very different views from the from the kind of work go didn't we yeah, yeah. i mean i i, I was very yeah, critical just... from the beginning and it sounds like you become more critical the, the longer it's stewed in your head the more, the more i've yeah the more i've thought about it i think i can i can definitely see why people are disappointed i would never go as far to say i don't think i wouldn't agree with you when i say that as a standalone film it's a bad film i don't think that i think that one of the things that makes it a bad film is that when you try and you when you compare it to when you when you put it put it in its place within the franchise um i think yeah it's just, it's just it was just odd i think some of the decisions they made were just a little too out there they pushed the boat out a little too far, um, but I enjoyed it. You know, it's worth going to seeing. It's 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 fun. When I went in and watched it, I was just watching. I wanted to watch a fun film, and that it is a fun film. It's just that's not what Star Wars is. Yeah, I I mean, also we are big fanboys. That's why we are so passionate about this. I mean, I I just ranted for goodness knows how many minutes um, because we care about this stuff, right? You know, it's important to us, and you know. Really, the interesting test was um, would be getting somebody who hadn't seen any of the films to watch this as a standalone film. Would they get it? Would they enjoy it? Um, and, you know, would they have the same criticisms? Because we're fitting it into this larger narrative structure and, you know, all the things that it's supposed to be rhyming with in, the, in, in like, the previous films. Um, it's like poetry. It rhymes, rhymes yeah. Because uh, I know Pixel Girl, she's only seen The Force Awakens and this. She hasn't seen the original trilogy, mm. and she seemed to enjoy it. But I think she seemed, I, f- from our limited discussion of it, I think she agreed with a lot of my criticism of it, um, and so a lot of James's yeah. criticism. Um, but if you, um, dear reader, listening to this, have thoughts about the latest Star War, um, like James did, mm. I mean, you don't have to send it so early in the morning, and you don't really don't have to send us an essay with footnotes. Um, yeah, send send your thoughts to us because I think we'd be, both be interested to to hear what you have to say. Uh, and it's now long enough mm. after the film that hopefully we can ha- start to have a public discussion about it without worrying about spoilers. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, do you have anything else to add to that? No. Oh, good. Okay. It's, well. it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, I think it's 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 that's that's pretty concise. Okay, well, th- thank you, James, for your email. Um, that has definitely sparked yeah, possibly the longest so discussion. Um, you're a top lad. Um, well, well, actually, that's a point. Uh, the uh, Another email we have is from Eleanor Taylor, uh, who has uh, Dear Messrs. Clark and Moore. Following episode 18, I have some suggestions for the ranks above top lad. So this is for our burgeoning feudal system. Um, she has suggested mm-hmm. Archbishop of Banterbury, Field Lad, mm-hmm. and Admiral of the Lads. And 
I feel that like the lads are like. I feel like possibly because it's a space related thing, we we should be giving James Admiral of the Lads. Uh, we have Admiral Hecking Ruddy lads, George yeah. and Admiral of the Lads James Mumford. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, great job, great job from both of you. I, um, and I think uh, Archbishop of Banterbury should uh, be like, you know, that's a you have to get a really high honor. You've had to have sculpted us in marble and sent us a video of the process and like some pictures of our visages mm. in in stone to get the mm. Archbishop of Banterbury. Um, but you know, yeah. top lad is like Knight of the Realm, Admiral of the Lads. We can have a few of those, but then Archbishop of Banterbury, that's that's the very top premium tier. Mm. So you know, we have to use these wisely. But thank you, Eleanor, for that. She also says, I've been really enjoying the podcast so far especially the new Critics Corner and the TIE Fighter jingles. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Mm. Thank you, Eleanor. We're glad you're enjoying it. To further the, uh, the, the, the lad titles and the, and the tears of, of uh, laddity, as I'm going to christen it. Um, <laughs> there's the priest and then there's the laddity. Yeah. Uh, gentlemen, in reference to the um, nascent? Yeah, nascent. What does that mean? Like newly created. Ah, there you go. Learn something every day. In reference to the nasal, the nascent, fu- the nasal, the nasal, <laughs> the nasal feudal, feudal system. The feudal system is now arriving in 1435. Mind the gap. <laughs> um, system developing for the podcast. I quite approve. Top lad is definitely roughly equivalent uh, to knight. And as far as higher ranks, please consider the following: grand exalted lad, most excellent lad, uh, lad master general, and positions below top lad, um, knight of laddom, laddery, um, uh, lad companion. And lad. I like not lad companion. It's like it's like a slight yeah. promotion. It's like uh, we mm. we found your email moderately entertaining. You are now a lad companion, as we dub them over yeah. the shoulders. Yeah. So I'm still thinking uh, about the nasal like, um, feudal system. That's so funny. Yeah. The na- <laughs> Mind the Black Death now <laughs> arriving in London. Profuse, uh, profuse congratulations to Simon on completing an astonishing intellectual labour. Merry Christmas to the both of you, and I hope you enjoy your holidays. Keegan Amrine. Age 23 and 137, 365ths. Amazing. Ah, yes. No, he's quite right. 137 is a prime number. And uh, yeah, thank you for my for the congratulations. I mean, I was dilated by about 16 centimetres by the end of the thesis. So it was, uh, it was quite oh, an easy... Lovely image, everyone. You're yeah, quite, uh, quite an easy labour. Happy New Year. <laughs> so we have an interesting email here from Rue Lita, dollar sign, dollar sign. Uh, she she writes hot sexy seeking adventurous car sex come pick me up from work and eat this juicy and we can go park somewhere secluded and f- <laughs> lots of ellipses <laughs> sent from my iPad X sorry I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus I mean thank you thank you uh, I don't even think we can give you a, a oh, lad companion geez. there Rue that's uh, that's forward uh, oh but god I'm, uh... I was actually a bit sick in my own face there thanks very much for that warning Simon it's alright uh, well, I mean, I'm oh, going to have to God. decline. I'm a man loyal in my relationship, so Rue, much as I'm sure this would be delightful. Uh, no, thank you. Oh, he's back. He's back. Okay. Our boy is back. He's back. He's back. We've got, no, we've got an email here from Hecking Ruddy George. Hey! Uh, back to nonsensical emails. Woo! Uh, Dear Comic and Sans, I wrote a more sensible <laughs> email this time asking for advice on coding. Your advice was very helpful. Thank you. But now back to nonsensical emails. Here's That's the what thing. I want to hear. Printing, printing that thesis, I can't imagine. Like watching a fax machine on laxatives. I guess that's why they call them theses, because I took a log and half to print these 300-odd <laughs> pages on things like uh, potential... Vorticity. Vorticity that you spent ages filming for YouTube for all for us all to see. Now you're done, so grab your car keys, go to parties, do Pilates with Noel Sharkey, learn karate, but most importantly, <laughs> do weekly podcasts. <laughs> Hecking also, Ruddy well George! Done. Fine regards, Hecking Ruddy George! Woo! 
Mark's back. What a lad. Love him. Love him. Oh, a lad master general, hecking ready George. Oh, wow. Yeah. Thank you for, for that. For sure. Uh, you know what? Actually, I didn't. George. I didn't tell you this the other day. I posted um, on Reddit what my Star Wars video. My, um, for those of you who haven't seen it, I did mm. this video about the planets in Star Wars, which I'm really proud of. It hasn't actually got many views yet, but it's 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 you know I think it's really mm. good. And I posted it on Reddit, and I had somebody ask a question uh, about it, and I was like, oh, you know, I can. It was um it was a question asking about the feasibility of porgs. I think it was, and um mm. I replied, and then they were like, oh, thanks very much for your reply. Signed off, hecking ruddy George, and I was like. Oh my god! Top ten anime betrayals, like out of nowhere. Hecking Ruddy George is just like coming down on me. Love him, absolute lad. Next, we have an email from Ethan Kennedy. He start he he writes, "Hawaii man." I'm a fairly new reader. That was caps. I didn't just do that to be obnoxious. Uh, I'm a fairly new reader, but I have loved the podcast so much I couldn't help but listen to them all in under a week. Good God, man! We've got a new a new a new reader. Round of applause. A new reader. A new reader. Welcome, Ethan. A new weeder. Um, God, is this like a cult? One of us. One of us. One Hacking Ruddy George. The Hacking Ruddy George. Good. The greater good. <laughs> um, a huge thank you've you got to a, my... You've got a moustache. I knew. <laughs> you want to be a big cop in a small town? Fuck off down the model village. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so gold. I actually went to Wells the other day, which is where a lot of it was filmed with Pixel Girl and like pointing out some of the filming yeah. locations. That was pretty good. Um, Wells Cathedral's yeah. nice. That's a great video. I put it in the mm. show notes, actually. Um, um, there was an amazing video I found about the uh, talking about the architecture of Wells Cathedral by uh, a very underrated YouTube channel uh, called, I think, Smart History Conversations. Uh, it's two people with PhDs in art oh, cool. talking about art. Really, really recommend it. Anyway, sorry, mm. back to Ethan. Uh, truly welcome to the podcast by a complete ramble. Um, a huge thank you to my mm. friend Lewis Brindley for recommending you guys as you never fail to make me smile and give me something to look forward to at the end of a long day revising for January exams. Best of luck. I was overjoyed to mm. hear that you are fans of Hat Films and the Elks cast as a whole, as I've been a fan of them for many years and actually met Alex Smith as he was sitting just a few seats down from me at a Russell Howard comedy show. He was more than happy to take a few oh, photos cool. and is a genuinely nice guy. Completely agree. I have been very lucky to bump into Hat Films at Bristol Airport and he was great. Uh, they were all all lovely and both Alex and Ross are massive. They're giants. Um, but super, super mm. chill guys. Really, really nice. Um, and they actually remembered me when, on a stream. They uh, they apparently checked out some of my videos, which is kind of made me freak oh. out. But yeah, um, yeah, top lad hatters. If you don't watch Hat Films in the Oscars, sort your fucking lives out, guys. Um, no, that's not, mm. you don't have to, but we like them. Um, anyway, back to Ethan. I'm a first year chemical engineering Oh, I think you missed out a student. I'm a first year chemical engineering studying at Manchester and have loved every minute of it so far. I have many questions for you, however. I'm going to hold back as I know you're very busy. Since you're both very big film fans... Hey, I've been watching my way. It's insensitive. Um, I was wondering if you have a favourite film or is that too difficult to answer? Perhaps your top five. Um, did we discuss... Our, we, we sort of talked about our favourite films generally before, didn't we? I think we spoke about... It wasn't favourite, was it? It was... The most films enjoyable. that we'd watch if they were on, or most enjo- yeah, most enjoyable. I do have a favorite film, which is oh, American, American Beauty. Beauty. Yeah, I knew it. <laughs> yeah, um, fucking oh. good film. Controversial because it is starring Kevin Spacey, but can you separate oh. the art from the artist? Don't know. Answers on a postcard. I mean, people still listen to Wagner, and and he kind of did mm-hmm. much worse than Kevin Spacey. Um, actually, did he? I don't know. Did he actually kill any Jews, or was did he just? In, is it worse to incite the murder of how many million people? Um, who are we to judge? Who are we, who to, are we judge? to judge? Much like the Queen, um, yeah. apparently she can judge, and you know, rip in peace, Diana. <laughs> um, I don't know. Do I? I don't think I have a favorite film. If you were to ask me on the spot, like, I don't know. 
The Matrix is definitely in my top five because I saw it and it blew my mind. Um, and I and like it just mm. made such an impression and it's so revolutionary and well yeah. made. It's on. Well- uh, it's on. They're all all the all the Netflix films are on, all the Netflix films. All the Matrix films are on Netflix now. Oh, are they? Oh, fantastic! I might yeah. have to rewatch it because I've mm. watched The Matrix a good a hundred times. I used to watch it while painting, mm. um, so I've watched it a lot. I mean, Raiders of the Lost Ark is the perfect B movie. Uh, that's in my top five for mm. sure. Chicken Run is in my mm-hmm. top five. Like, oh, sure. Hot Fuzz is actually probably in my top five as well. I don't know. I don't have a single favourite. This podcast is basically sponsored by Hot Fuzz. Yeah, Edgar Wright. If you want to be on this podcast, I Dan will give you a oh handy. My God, please, please, just please. You know. But please, For Dan sure. wants to Why give not? you a handy. <laughs> what a lad. What yes, a lad. It, and we can also it, talk to you about, we can shout at you about why um, why Baby Driver was such a f***ing disappointment. And uh, your cock will look massive because Dan's got tiny hands. So, you know. Hey. <laughs> yeah, um, we both like Edgar Wright a lot, basically. Uh, so much. Mm. Please, please come on the podcast, Edgar. Um, please. But uh, please. yes, we don't really have a... I, I certainly don't have a, an individual favourite film. It's too big a subject. But thank you very much for Ethan mm. who says, thank you for giving us a great podcast. Best wishes. P.S. Definitely on Dan's side with Team Dog. Good man, Ethan. Good man. I would he, do well, he, I 500 he... miles an hour. I would do yeah. 500 yeah, more. God. Oh, no. It's begun. <laughs> uh, we've got an email here from Miles Cornfield. I would do five. No. <laughs> Enough. First of all, I'm really glad you liked Critics Corner and adopted the term. When coming up with the name, I needed something that encompasses film, TV, books, and YouTube videos, so I thought that your discussions were akin to a critic's review. In addition, the alliteration, I thought, was an added bonus, making it the perfect name. Excellent use of the Oxford comma there. Yes. Very nice, Miles. Big big up. Big up the Oxford comma. I have to admit, I forgot that Miles coined the term, so I think we need to confer to him a mm. night, a, a lad of the realm, possibly. Yeah, lad of the realm. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, he also has a question. Although my life is probably not as overwhelming as both of yours, I have found meditation to be quite helpful in dealing with not only dealing not only with overwhelming days, but also anxiety and stress in general. Do you guys have any thoughts on meditation? Have you ever tried it before? And if not, I definitely recommend meditation. Specifically, try the app Headspace. Uh, I use the app Headspace, and I have done quite a bit of meditation, certainly while I was at school, and then kind of practiced mindfulness basically through the entirety of my IB course. So yes, I do. I can, yeah, I, I approve <laughs> Yeah, very much. Uh, I've, uh, similarly with, with uh, mindfulness, I actually did a course in Oxford, um, an extracurricular, I think it was an eight-week uh, course um, run by the guys, well, some of the guys who kind of founded mindfulness and done a lot of research into it, mm. um, which mm. was really, really useful. Um, it's been a tool that I have used several times. I don't use it enough, actually. I haven't meditated for quite a long time, and I'd like to get back into it. Um, there was a time when I do a kind of three-minute quick meditation every day uh, in the morning or meditate whilst I was on the way to lectures because you can mm. do it whilst moving and mm. that's a, its own form of meditation um i i agree it's, it's very very useful and, and for those of you who might be listening uh and are you know thinking about trying it perhaps you suffer from anxiety and stress um i highly highly recommend it it is one of those things that you have mm. to be open to working in order for it to work um but um i definitely would recommend giving it a try i mean it's, you, you seem to have found it useful as well mm. definitely What was that? Sorry, I lost you. Oh, I said, yeah, definitely. And then I left a long pause because I wanted to sound like I was meditating, but then it didn't work because you broke up. Oh, okay. Well, that's definitely going in the podcast now. Uh, <laughs> amazing. Amazing. But thank you for your email, Miles. Mm. Oh, do you want to... Sorry, you should probably sign off on that email. Sorry, that was your, that was your one. Thank you for your email, Miles. <laughs> 
Okay, done. Nailed it. Next, we have an email from a favourite reader of ours. It's Dan. Uh, Dan uh, Hanvey. Yeah, uh, who, Dan. Who sent, us, who sent us an email. Welsh Ghibli and Christmas. He's rapidly, he's rapidly approaching Archbishop level. Oh, very much so. Arch, Archbishop Dan. Yeah. I mean, we've got to get the confirmation and everything like that. But mm-hmm. uh, when we know, mm-hmm. you'll know. Uh, dear Dan mm-hmm. and Simon, because Dan's are clearly better. Sorry, Simon. Well, very I mean... True. There's a bias there. Okay. Thank you for your extremely kind words on the last podcast. I have to admit, when I heard my name, I did let out a little cry of joy. My housemate thought I'd stab myself with a resistor. Again. Um, (laughs) Don't do that. Resistance is futile. Uh, Anyway, I'm honoured to become a top lad or higher. Reminds me of when I was the top hatter in Hat Chat. Oh my god, he was a top hatter! Oh my god. No (laughs) way. What the fuck? That is so cool. That's so cool. December December 2012, episode 25. Oh my god. Stop being so cool, Dan. Um, happy oh days. God. Happy days. We need to start a petition with them to bring it back. Absolutely. Uh, but for the time being, this is the spiritual successor to Hatchat in all ways, uh, apart from those ways which actually matter. Even as Simon was discussing my visit and started with He Came Down, my brain also did the same link of To Earth From Heaven. I wonder how many cool references either of you can sneak into the podcast without the other noticing. A challenge, perhaps. That might be one for the next episode, Ooh. actually. Yeah, okay. Let's do that next episode. Next week. Okay. With Christmas coming up, I wanted to ask, as two amazing fellows who enjoy film, what is your Christmas film of choice? For me, it has to be a Muppet Christmas Carol. Great choice. Great, great choice. Mm. What about you? Mm, I think for me, it would probably have to be Home Alone. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, I really like Home Alone. Um, What else do I usually watch at Christmas? Uh, Love Actually. Oh, it's so cheesy, though. It's yeah, so cheesy. It is, but that's Christmas, isn't it? That's Christmas. Call me a fucking cheese fondue, mate. I love that. I love you that. Are a, you are a cheese fondue. That's, uh, no, not for me, thank Not for me, Clive. Um, I mean, I'm up at Christmas Carol for me, and also The Nightmare Before Christmas. I love The Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm. Uh, and also, another, it doesn't isn't a film, but another thing I watch every year is the Father Ted Christmas special in the uh, lingerie section, uh, which I introduced Pixel Girl to this year, and she loved, uh, which, was, which was great. It's like that nervous thing when you introduce somebody you really care about to something you really care about, and you're just like nervously watching them to see if they're laughing and enjoying it. And, uh, mm. oh, yeah. whew, wipe the brow there. That was a success. So going back to Dave, uh, Dan's email, hopefully I'll see you both again. Until then, I'll have your wonderful podcast to keep me company in my upcoming hospital stay. So keep, please keep making them. Best of luck for hospital, Dan. Um, I know you go in quite a lot, mm, so you're used best. to this. But, you mm. know, keep 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 ladding it up. Um, he, he also yeah. attaches a quick shit post he made following last week's discussion of Welsh Gimli. Uh, your ever faithful reader of the Wikicast. Amazing. Dan, ooh, age 4FR, capital R, days in base 42. I like it. Very That's, nice. Very nice. Uh, so his shit post is, uh, I never thought I'd be fighting side by side with an Englishman. And to which Legolas says, how about a friend? To which Gimli, with the Bobby B glowing eyes, red uh, overlay a dragon and a leek saying, you can't be both! <laughs> Amazing. Uh, da- oh, Dan. I love it. Dan, 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 Dan. You're my favourite Dan on this podcast. Dan. Yeah, me too. We've got an email here from Alex Keller. He says, a generic reader email. Dear Messrs. Mandor and Clyman Sark, uh, after having been recommended your podcast by a friend, I have routinely found myself reduced almost to tears of laughter upon listening. I took a Boxing Day stroll in the woods earlier, and I'm pretty t- I'm pretty sure I weirded out some poor unsuspecting dog walkers with it. Thanks for that. No worries, man. <laughs> Our pleasure. 
I have two questions. Uh, when will the audio video from the Symphonic Even song be made publicly available? It sounded beautiful and I'd love to hear the whole service. Uh, I am working on it. Uh, you're not the only person haranguing me about this. Um, our musical mm. director is still waiting for it. I've just been, I've been busy, guy. I just finished a PhD and now I'm trying to set up my own business. And I went to New York and had Christmas. And yeah, I'm working on it. So okay. hopefully like two weeks, that, that kind of time frame. Sorry, that's the, oh, wow. That, that, that came out all at once. He, say, he goes on to say, secondly, Desert Island Disc style. If you had to choose, say, five recordings of any genre to have with you on a desert oh. island, what would you choose? Oh, that's oh, tough. God. Um, that's really hard. Yeah, thanks for the update. Um, you said mm. you were having a stroke earlier. Um, I mean, five recordings of any genre. I think um, the 16's recording of the Messiah is. Um, I love it. Ooh, um, ooh! I have a new one. Of, I have a new favorite recording. Oh, um, it is a recording uh, f- uh, featured by. Ely Cathedral, which is absolutely stunning, and I desperately, desperately want to go, featuring the Jesualdo Six, who I heard recently uh, in concert in Exeter. Oh, um, es ist ein um, Rosensprungen. Rosensprungen, yeah. Oh, oh my God, it's stunning. Beautiful. And absolutely ju- beautiful. You know, and it's honestly unbelievable. I, li- I've, I've, I've li- I basically listened to it on repeat for a day. It's it's, um, a, it's it really just, is gorgeous, guys. It's incredible, incredible music, um, and they're just as good. If you ever, if you're ever, if you're in the UK anywhere, or if they end up doing a, a tour internationally, keep an eye out or go and have a look at the Jezreel Six. They are on it. They're phenomenal, phenomenal uh, music group. Um, yeah, yeah um, I mean, that as far as any five, other five yeah. recordings, I'm I'm not sure, uh, but yeah. Listen, go and listen to that recording. I'll, in fact, it'll be in the sh- it'll be in the show notes for for the, for, yeah. the, for, the, for today. Um, I mean, I definitely yeah. The the sixteens recording of the Messiah, uh, the sixteens recording of the Mass in B minor by Bach. Um, mm-hmm. If I was to pick like a, a contemporary albums, uh, Bat Out of Hell by Meatloaf, the whole album is solid gold. Like there's on the original yeah. album, there's I don't think there's a single dud track on that album. That's amazing. Um, mm-hmm. I've been listening to quite a lot of Wolfpack recently. I've not even heard of them. They're really groovy. Um, I'm trying to think of what they would like be categorised as. Hang That's on. the first time you've used groovy on this podcast in quite a while. I'm quite glad to hear the return of the groove. It's back. It's my my favourite word. It's uh, back. It's an American it's funk me. group. A what group? Sorry. It's an American funk group founded in 2011, influenced by rhythm sections of the past. The band was, yeah, it's really cool. Have a listen to uh, 1612 uh, or Wait for the Moment. Also, Back Pocket is pretty good, but my f- two favourites are Wait for the Moment and 1612. I mean, obviously, one of our favourite bands is Dads. I mean, that goes without saying. Of um, course. You know, yeah. math math yeah. rock is a, is, is a favourite genre of mine. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, don't, I, I do really like um, Demon Days. That's another amazing album by Gorillaz. Mm-hmm. Um... Oh, I don't know. It's difficult. Um, I mean, that's that's four so it's far. If I, had to, if I had to pick one more, what genres have I not represented? I mean, I've got rock and I've got, well, baroque classical, basically. <laughs> that's it. Okay. Um, any, any acoustic stuff? The thing is, I'm thinking value for money here. I'm thinking, like, I don't want to just pick one mm. song. I want to pick records, like whole albums. Um, yeah. And, like... For me, one of my categories, <sighs> if I had to do acoustic, would be the Milk Carton Kids. They're oh, yeah. my favourite band ever. Yeah, he he really means that, guys. <laughs> oh, I don't know. That's that's actually a very difficult question. I'd have to think about that a bit more. I mean, those are my four uh, spanning like four hundred years of history. So, <laughs> mm. um, yeah. yeah, I'm not quite sure. I mean, the Tenebrae uh, Allegri Miserere album is pretty great as well. Some bangers on there. But I feel like I should probably pick something to bridge mm. the gap between relatively hard rock 
and well and grungy type yeah. stuff and the baroque um so yeah. i i'll go four and, and stop there thanks for all you do and i hope you're both having a good holiday alex keller age 21 and three twentieths. p.s dogs for the win pps i was thinking of this lord tweet when i wrote hence the names uh, this lord tweet <laughs> uh, she's tweeting at nick jonas and says thanks chick nonus i mean uh, we'll never be royals you know who else won't be a royal dan princess diana yeah rip in peace eh we've got another email i think <laughs> oh god if we don't come if there's no podcast next week it's it's because we've been taken out by royal hitmen i can assure you that the last thing that goes through my head is uh a f- um mm. Jesus Christ. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> me. That was. The previous ones have at least been. Fa- <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. You've got to bleep that out. You've got to bleep that out. I do, do I? Yeah, you really have to. You can't say that. <laughs> okay. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, that was one for just the two of us, readers. <laughs> We have another email here from Miranda. Uh, It's titled Dan's Librarian Returns. This is, of course, uh, Miranda has emailed in before. She is the librarian for a choir that I conduct called Exeter University Singers. We're really good. Come check us out. We've just done a Christmas video, actually. Um, It's quite cool. She says, Dear Dan and Simon, hello there. Uh, Long time reader, second time writer. Wanted to say firstly that I'm greatly missing your show and it gives me great joy when Dan said you were recording today. Now here's the main thing I wanted to write about. I've always considered myself more of a cat person as if I were to save my dog or cat from a fire, my my cat would be useless so I'd pick her up and the dog would follow. (laughs) However... I now have a great hatred for specific cats, in particular cats in Vietnam. Ooh, racist. I've just come back from there and was bitten not once, but three times in three different occasions from unprovoked. Uh, I was fuming that this creature I love decides to punish well, me. Anyway, I think on the on the international animal front, I will be siding with dogs from Let's now just be on. clear here. Goodness. Like you saying, this creature that you love decides to punish you. It's a cat you've not met before. Like, what did you expect? Like... The cats, cats are designed to be little murder machines. They tolerate us. They don't, you don't, they don't owe you anything unless you keep the cat. Like, if it's just a cat, you don't just go up to a lion and be like, oh, I can't believe it fucking bit me. Like, it's a lion. What did you expect? I mean, the, the mere fact that you're, you're kind of considering cats and lions to be a similar thing kind of proves the point. Lions are called big cats. How, how, how is it an unreasonable comparison? Well, one is a pet. One you're, one you're going to be seeing on a daily basis, the other... And the other is a pet for little bitches, am I right? What? Okay, there you go. <laughs> well, PhD, everybody. <laughs> Can't argue with that. Anyway, back to Miranda. Uh, anyway, yeah, she said, Anyway, I think on the international animal front, I'll be siding with dogs from now on. I do have a quick question, though. If you could have, um, if you could have performed any piece of music at that piece's premiere performance, what would that piece be? Uh, Tenebrae, Path of Miracles. Oh, God, yeah. Imagine being the, the, the premiere of that. My God. I mean, to be yeah. fair, I think I'd actually also add Monteverdi's Vespers uh, because when they were performed, they were like a step above mm. anything that had ever been attempted before. Like they must have blown audiences away. Um, designed for a specific yeah. building in Venice, um, like yeah, it must have been. A, it must have been like when people saw Star Wars for the first time. It must have just been overwhelming for the audience. Yeah, very true. All right, all right, all right. 
And now, dear readers, it is the long-awaited return, and believe me, we've both been looking forward to this, uh, to fan fiction. Uh, and Hannah Muller, um, uh, Hannah, who has done so much for this podcast, and, uh, you know, you are an also contender for Archbishop of Banterbury, it's got to be said. Um, in fact, we could probably have mm. co-archbishops. I don't see why we can't. Mm. Um, uh, she has she has written in with the time traveller with the extraordinarily big forehead, Chapter 6, uh, which is the long-running um, series we have about you. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, you are a time traveller which I found in the woods whilst I was running and I took you home mm-hmm. and you have announced to me that you are a time traveller and mm-hmm. now we're trying to like make make sense of everything. I, th- I think that was where we are. Is that right? Yes. Okay, so Hannah's email says, Dear Simon and Dan, I have once again found the time to write another chapter. It's up to you to decide whether that's good or bad and I apologise that there isn't much happening this time but I hope you'll enjoy it anyways. I didn't really find time to properly proofread it because I have Latin, music and German exams coming up this week so excuse any mistakes. Non est ad astra molis e teres viva. Uh, that's, ooh, not going to the stars and staying on earth or something like that? I'm going to Google Translate that. Something like that. That's, that's my stab in the dark translation. Uh, let's have a look. There is no easy way from Earth to the stars. Oh, I like that. It's Seneca. That's Seneca. Good. Well, hopefully for your prose, we will find it. Uh, she has, however, added a postscript. I felt so uncomfortable writing this because it involves a bit of smut and it made me feel like a 10-year-old fangirl pretending to be married to Justin Bieber. What a weird comparison. Oh, my God. So oh I am... Oh, my God. Well, brace yourselves, everyone. I am now going to uh, turn off my screen... I am going to kick back and listen. Cue the music, because here comes the time traveller with the extraordinarily large forehead, chapter six. Simon couldn't fall asleep that night. He was lying in bed, restlessly, a million different thoughts crossing his mind. He'd had a long conversation with Daniel this evening and got to know him a lot better than he did before. Even though Simon was sure the stranger, he wasn't so much of a stranger anymore, was telling the truth, he couldn't feel that Daniel was hiding something when it came to the reason his parents had kicked him out of the house, for he didn't want to upset the young man even more. He'd been through enough for the past few days that there was probably a good reason he kept this from Simon, who just hoped the not-so-stranger would be okay. He seemed to be in a pretty bad shape before going to bed after the long conversation the two of them had had previously. He was a rhombus. Simon started feeling tired. (laughs) Beg your pardon? He was a rhombus. Uh, Great, well done, mate. (laughs) So I'm not Simon started one. feeling Yeah, great. No, you shouldn't be. Get in the shed. Simon started feeling tired and had almost fallen asleep when he heard a quiet knock on the door of his room. He was immediately awake and almost scared to death until he remembered that Daniel was kind of living in his flat now because he couldn't just kick the young man out and let him live on the streets, right? But he'd have to think about that for some other time because he got up and quickly opened the door to find the the quite short man, thanks very much, standing in front of him, wearing a shirt and pants that looked almost looked almost ridiculous because they belonged to Simon and were far too loose for the tiny body Daniel had. God, it's just all praise coming my way. Thanks very hey, much, Hannah. Like, it, like it's wrong. If you were to wear my clothes, it would look ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it's not necessarily because I have a... T- well, never mind. Never mind. Ah, <laughs> so, uh, it gets better. It gets better, everybody. Sir, Daniel said, <laughs> trying to stop his voice from shaking. What's up? Simon responded, still wide awake from the shock he just experienced. I I was having nightmares, so I couldn't sleep, and I was wondering if I... Simon interrupted him. Sure, come in, it's fine. Awkwardly, Dan followed him into the room, which contained a desk with some black machine on it, a chair, a closet, some shelves, and the bed the two men were now sitting on. There was an uncomfortable silence, and the both of them could feel the tension building up until Simon finally disrupted it by carefully putting a hand on his back and asking him if it's all right. I feel I'm sweating. <laughs> I'm starting to sweat quite a lot. This, I, I think I can tell where this is going. Um, 
Yeah. Oh, God. Here we go. Here we go, boys. It's, it's going to happen. In, uh, oh. I'm in fact feeling much better now, Daniel answered, his voice still shivering a bit. Not because he was scared, but because of Simon's hand on his back. <laughs> Unable to hold back the longing for closeness, he slowly leaned towards the tall man until his head reached Simon's broad shoulder. Oh, God. Here we go. There was a moment of hesitation, but a few seconds later, Daniel found... Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> Sorry. Daniel found himself in strong arms, finally feeling warm and safe again. The two of them (laughs) laid down on the bed, still hugging closely. Dan turned around, now facing Simon, feeling a breeze from his breath touching his cheeks. Is this okay? The tall man asked the tiny one. Still not sure what he was feeling in this situation. (laughs) Very okay. Oh, God! Sorry, I'm just going to get a little bit... I'm just going to get a little bit closer to the microphone. Locking eyes, the two brought their faces closer together, and just before their lips touched, Daniel remembered why he was here, and now that he should not be doing this, but he banished these thoughts from his head and focused only on the handsome man who was lying in bed with him. Finally, they brought their faces a little closer together and their lips touched softly. Simon thought about pulling back for a moment or two, but then then decided to enjoy the moment and not think about the consequences his actions may have. The kiss became more intense and the tiny man... (laughs) The tiny man? I'm sorry... (laughs) The tiny man ran his hand through his hair and gently touched Simon's back after he'd removed his shirt. Oh, Jesus, Hannah. God. Oh, good, good God. Oh. Um, uh, oh, good God. Uh, I feel a little uh, bit sick. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I can read the rest. No, come on, man. We're going to make it through this. I, I don't think I can do it. Okay, come I'm on. just going to... I'm going to f***ing power through. Ready? Okay, there we go. This is all going to go... This, the rest of this is going to be in one breath. <laughs> oh, my God. The kiss became more intense and the tiny man ran his hand through their hair and they gently touched Simon's back which removed his shirt. At the same time, Daniel did the same so he could feel the tall man's heartbeat when he touched the muscular te- chest. Oh, Dan, pulling down on top of him, Simon laid down on his back without parting their lips. The tiny <laughs> man started breathing heavily which turned them on even more. He took Daniel's pants off and threw them on the floor oh. followed by his own ones. Oh! Only wearing his boxers, they were making out almost furiously, but Daniel couldn't quite stop thinking about the reason he didn't want to sleep in his room tonight. The nightmare story the nightmare story hadn't been completely made up, but it was definitely missing some important pieces of truth. Even though the recent events were troubling, he didn't want to worry about them right now, and when Simon carefully removed the tiny man's underwear, he focused only on the, pre- oh. only on the present and started moaning quietly when Simon started kissing his neck, his chest, and then slowly continued to move downwards. <gasps> no! Is that over? The end. That's it. Oh, right. God, Hannah! Really See ya. Hannah, Why? <laughs> Hannah, what have you done? I mean, in in Hannah's defence, I'm fairly sure that there one of either uh, both of us at some point have said the smuttier the better. Yeah. So she's only following orders. Good God, well, that's but what the Nazis wow. said. Jesus non est ad astra mollis a terra via. Jesus. Oh my God! I was, Ooh. you know, I was worried then. I thought you were going to say, in Hannah's defence, I have got a bit of a chub right now, and I was just going to be like, this podcast uh, is over. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do this no, anymore. No. Whatever the opposite of a chub, my penis has gone back inside me. That's this is this That's the is opposite of an erection. Oh god, I do feel a tiny yeah. bit sick. Yeah, I've, I'm very sweaty. You know what? In future, you didn't have to. You didn't have to read that, Simon. Oh god, I'm gonna have to listen back to that and edit Jeez. it. Oh my god. I mean, <sighs> thank you, Hannah. <sighs> thank you, I, Hannah. I think. Oh god, I really regret asking for such smut now. Good god, Jesus. This, I think the thing was, this wasn't so much smutty as inc- as really thought through. Yeah. Oh, God. Jeez. Oh. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Okay, tiny man. bombshell. Um, 
Simon, what have we learned today? Oh God, we've learned not to ask for fan fiction from our fans ever again. Um, we, we, we've learned about um, Cook and Becker, uh, who are a, a, an art dealership in Cook in and Becker uh, in, yes. in Amsterdam, uh, who specialise in video yes. game art. Um, mm-hmm. And we had a discussion of that. We had an update on what we've both been doing over Christmas and New Year's. Sorry, I still genuinely feel yes. a little bit sick. I'm actually quite struggling. No. Um, with you all the way. <laughs> um, uh, what else do we talk about? Help, help. Um, we actually talked about... Uh, we were talking about the future plans for the podcast. Yeah, and we actually did talk about the article for quite a while. Um, we did, because it was very interesting. Uh, we... Cook and Becker. If, if anyone knows Cook and Becker or has any con- connection with them, uh, let them know that we think it's awesome. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, and also, if you know the royal family, tell them that uh, we're onto them. Uh, because we know what yeah, you did. We're onto them. We know what you did. Uh, then after that, we also know what Ryan Johnson did, and we just wish that he didn't. Uh, we talked about Star Wars for quite a while, um, and mm, uh, did. about Bright, and about um, you got confused about Winston Churchill films, which is understandable because there are actually quite a few mm-hmm. at the moment. Yeah. Uh, and then we went on to mm-hmm. an excellent correspondence corner, um, which uh, was all over the place. Uh, we did talk about Star Wars quite a bit, um, and we answered a bunch of questions. And then we had the most graphic fan fiction we've. Um, ever had ever had so yeah that that's yeah. that's a thing thank thanks for that that's a thing that's happened and on the back on the back of that fan fiction that is all for this week's episode don't forget to subscribe to us on your podcasting service of choice you can like us on facebook and if you'd like to see our faces check out our youtube channel spongy and electric Suggestions for merch, thoughts on Star Wars, and other thoughts on the show can be sent to us at spongyelectric at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Join us again for another tumble... Oh, another tumble... Another tumble... tumble, tumble. Oh, what about those picnic baskets? (laughs) Those picnic baskets. (laughs) Join us again for another tumble down the wiki rabbit hole. And And we'll we'll see you next time. Smashed it. Are you an avocado on toast? Because I fucking smashed it. Oh, God, I do feel a tiny bit sick. Yeah, no, likewise. I think in the future, maybe I should write the fan fiction.